Turn to 1 Peter, if you would. We've been on a subject for some weeks now on Sunday morning. We're calling God's incorruptible word seed. God's incorruptible, that word also means imperishable, word seed. 1 Peter 1 and 23, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, You being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. Keep going. All flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. Now he's talking here about corruptible seed. He's drawing a contrast. The Spirit of God is through Peter. Corruptible seed, perishable seed, seed that can decay and die versus incorruptible, imperishable, eternal seed that cannot get old and cannot die. Is there such a thing? Yes, there is. What is it? It's the Word of God. God calls His Word seed. Now this is a revelation. It requires mind renewal. In fact, Jesus, as He walked the earth in His teachings, He said this was one of the great mysteries that had been hidden from before the foundation of the world. This revelation of word seed. You can read it in Matthew 13. So read the next verse, please. Verse 25. But, uh, you know, natural seed, every plant, every animal, even our own human body, is from a human, from a human seed or a plant seed or an animal seed. But this seed is a corruptible seed. It flowers, it develops, it reaches its peak, and then it goes past that. <laughs> it ages, it decays, it dies. But the Word of God is not that way. It's not that way. And we have been born again by an incorruptible seed of the Word of God. So there's an inner man, there's an outer man. The outer man is aging and decaying and perishing, but not the inner man. The inner man is renewed day by day. So you're, you're not a day older or more aged now than you were when you were born again. And you will never age. Now you should develop, but not age. And you will never die. The Lord tears his coming. This body will die, but it's just the sleeve. It's just the glove. It's just the house that your spirit's in. You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. You're not just a body. You live in a body. But the man on the inside has now been born again, if you've been born again, 
by an incorruptible, imperishable seed. Imperishable seed produces imperishable fruit and harvest. Imperishable words produce imperishable results. Hallelujah. And tell me what is the imperishable seed? It is the Word, the words of God. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 3, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it up for us. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 8. It says, He that plants and he that waters are one. And every man will receive according to his own reward, his own labor, excuse me, his own labor or work. Verse 9. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. Uh, other translations say you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. Moffat says you are God's field to be planted. You see this principle again and again throughout the word. Say it out loud, I am God's garden. I am God's garden. <laughs> you, you are the ground he plants the seed in. Hmm? You do know we were made from the ground. Is that right? So it shouldn't be a shock that we work just like the ground. We were made from the ground. God told Adam when he fell, when he sinned and messed up, he told him, he said, you, one translation says it like this, you were made from the ground and you'll return to the ground. Well, how does ground work? You plant seed in it. And it will produce whatever that seed is. Right? If it's a seed for a beautiful rose, it'll produce that. If it's a seed for a briar bush, it'll produce that. The ground, good ground will produce whatever's planted into it, good seed or bad seed. And we are God's ground. He wants to plant his good seed in us. And it, if we will keep it, it will produce results that never die. But there's somebody else that wants to sow in you. The enemy. The first, I mean, excuse me, Matthew 13 talks about the enemy sowing bad seed. And he wants to sow bad things into you. And bad seed produces bad harvest. And what are, what are God's incorruptible seed? His words. Do words matter? They matter far more than most realize. What is a word? What is a word? A word, it can be written or it can be spoken. And a spoken word is a sound. If you understand the language, you know what the sounds mean. If you don't understand the language, it's sounds that have no meaning for you. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about this, doesn't it? But what is a word? 
the sounds that I'm making right now are words. But what, what is it? The sounds mean nothing unless it conveys a thought. A thought, an idea that you understand. And here's where the enemy has so many deceived. That thoughts are nothing. And thoughts don't matter unless you act on them perhaps. No, no, no. What is a thought? You can't touch a thought. You can't smell a thought. What is a thought? A thought is a spiritual reality. And it comes from either a good source or a bad source. And spiritually, it is a seed. Many thoughts that come never produce anything in your life because they never get in you. They come, they go, you pass them off, you don't think any more about them. So it was something that was sown towards you, but it never got in you. But a thought that you'll receive and you'll think about and talk about and listen to will get in you and begin to grow. And if it grows enough, it'll affect your words, your actions, your life. There was a time when this church here in Branson was a thought. <laughs> right? There was no Faith Life Church. There were no services. Hmm? How many are married? There was a time when that was just a thought. Right? A thought crossed your mind. <laughs> there was a time when your whatever you were going to study in school or college, it was a thought. One thing led to another. Many, many of you have your own businesses. There was a time that was a thought. Right? One thing led steps, steps, steps. Bad things too. There are times when it was a thought. Right? And you didn't cast it down. And you kept thinking about it, talking about it. Might have took years, but eventually you acted on it and it hurt you, hurt other people. Do thoughts matter? That's why words matter, because words are thought containers. Go to Luke, please, the, uh, the eighth chapter. Now, if you haven't been with us, we've already covered a lot of ground. And uh, it would, I believe it would benefit you to go back and get the previous that we've covered. And it won't cost you anything. You can go online and you can watch it, listen to it, download it. You can go back to the back if you need a hard copy and they'll get it for you. But we have gone over these passages in um, Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8, where Jesus taught what we call the parable of the sower. It could also be called the parable of the seed. But in Luke 8, verse, I believe it's verse 3. Let's take a look. Luke 8, 3, verse 4 it is. It says, When much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. Now who's, who's saying this? 
Jesus, the head of the church. He said a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some, some seed fell by the wayside and it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some, some seed fell upon a rock and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some, some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on other seed, fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus describes four types of ground. And seed being sown into every one of these four types. And it is sobering to realize, when, because the very next thing he teaches is the seed is the Word. The Word of God. It's sobering to realize that three out of the four that heard it got no results. Yes. No results. Like we touched on earlier, Many people are put out with God. They're upset with God. They're mad with God. Mad at God. And they don't realize it's not all up to God. He has left so much of it up to us. This is the truth. No matter what you believe, you know, you can believe anything you want to believe, whether it's true or not. But the truth will make you free. And the truth is, so much of it he has left up to us. That's why a lot of things are in a mess. <laughs> anyway, isn't it sobering that according to Jesus, 75% of the people that heard the word of God got zero results? Is that sobering? It is, but it would answer a lot of questions too, wouldn't it? It would answer a lot of questions. Phyllis and I were able to visit with uh, Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria Copeland recently. And uh, we were talking about some of these things. And Miss Gloria spoke up. She said, yes, she said, if you're not getting the results that you uh, want to get and should be getting, you need to do a soil test. Because <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the seed. Well, as usual, Miss Gloria is right. Again, you need to do a soil test because it's not a seed problem. It's not a Word of God problem. It's a ground problem. Because in one of these types of ground, the Word produced amazing results. Up to a hundred times what was sown. So it, was, it never was a seed problem. And yet and still, three quarters of the people that heard it got no benefit, no results. Let's keep reading in Luke here. Verse 9, his disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? 
He said to you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now let me just stop right here. What, what does that mean? Proverbs talks about the fear or you could also say the, the reverence and respect of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, wisdom, understanding if you put all the verses together. What does that mean? If you don't show God some respect, you won't see anything. You won't understand anything. And you can blame it on him, but it's not his fault. To get some understanding, there first has to be some respect for your creator and for his word. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. Say it out loud. The seed is the Word of God. Say it again. The seed is the Word of God. The Word of God is what? It's seed. What kind of seed? Incorruptible, imperishable seed. Now, don't think you got this. This requires mind renewal. Because hmm? most of the inhabitants of the planet think words mean nothing and thoughts mean even less. Words are just a way of communicating what I feel and what I think. No, 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 no. God created the planet you're standing on with words. Hmm? And then took part of what he created with words and made you out of it. <laughs> and revealed that everything works on the principle of sowing and reaping, seed and planting and harvest. Everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. And not just the natural, but the spiritual. Say it again. The seed is the Word of God. Or you can say it like this. The Word is seed. The word is seed. Verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear, then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. One thing you'll see is this is progressive. Each type of ground got closer to producing fruit. This type of ground, wayside ground, they never got started. They heard the word of God. But if you look at Matthew's account, they didn't understand it. They didn't receive it. It was a passing thing to their ears and mind, and they never thought about it again, and they never got started, and the enemy came immediately and stole it from them. So no results. Lest they should believe and be saved. Are there people who have heard the gospel who are not saved? Yeah. Well, that's what happened to them right there. They didn't value it. They didn't appreciate it. They didn't believe it. They didn't receive it. So zero results. They on the rock. Second type of ground. When they hear, receive the word with joy. Can you see they got a lot further down the road than the first bunch. They received it. But they have no root. Which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. So they received it. They got excited about it. It was a quick reception, 
but they were also quick to quit. When they didn't see, it didn't happen by the next day. If you read the other accounts, it says because of persecution, excuse yeah, because of persecution and because of affliction, for the word's sake, they got offended and they quit. So no results. Even though for a while they were doing pretty good. How many understand? It's not just starting. You got to finish. And then third, they which, which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard they go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. These got further down the road than the other two. They heard it. They respected it. They received it. They got excited. They even had a deeper uh, reception and they didn't just quit. The first time it didn't look like it was working. But they had another problem. There was too much other stuff in their heart and in their life and it choked the word out of their life. Can other things choke out the word so that there's no results? What were those things? Cares. That's worries. Worrying. And anxiety can prevent the Word of God from producing results in your life. Do we believe this or not? Do we believe it or not? Can worry prevent the Word of God from working in your life? That ought to make you strong against worry. Do you have to worry? You don't. Riches. Now, if if you look up the other accounts, it was... You know, it's not, the, it's not the riches, it's the love of it. And having money on the brain. Right? And that's all you think about. It can choke the word out. Pleasures of this life. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy some things, but if all you think about is golf and fishing or sports, and, and that's all you got time for, and that's all you think about, then you hearing a message on Sunday morning is not going to be enough. You're going to hear that for a few minutes, if and when you go. And then you're full of this other stuff 24-7. It's going to choke the word out. Oh, but there was one more type of ground. There was one more. Huh? Do we know anything about this next part, next, next type of ground? But that on the good ground. Oh, somebody say, good ground, good ground, good ground. Who are we talking about now? Who are we talking about now? We're talking about Faith Life Church and Branson and Sarasota and everybody joining us online. We're talking about good ground, good ground. Go ahead and say it by faith. I'm good ground. I'm good ground. Now, we know 75% of the ones that heard it were not. So what makes us different? If we are. Well, that's why it would have helped you to heard the previous messages <laughs> as to what were the issues, but we've already reviewed a little bit and we're going to see it more clearly even today, I believe. What makes good ground good ground? That on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, 
keep it and bring forth fruit. That's the only one out of the four that did. This is results. Fruit is results. Harvest. Healing harvest. Bills paid off harvest. Protection harvest. Getting your marriage fixed harvest. Right? Issues with your children. Right? Harvest, harvest. Anybody want to see some miracle harvest from the incorruptible seed of the word of God? You only see it in uh, one quarter, (laughs) one fourth of the people that hear it. But you do see it. And whose choice is it? What kind of ground we are? Yeah, it's our choice. He mentions two words of all the things he could have said that characterize good ground. Two words. Honest and patient. Say it out loud. Honest Honest. and patient. patient. What makes good ground good ground? He also calls it a good heart. But that good ground is good heart. That's where the word's planted. What makes good heart a good heart? Honest and patient. Now the word patient is the word for Cheerful endurance. So really, we might use the word in our modern vernacular, persistence. It's not quitting. Hmm? So honest and not quitting. Can you see that? Not, Not just patient, passively waiting to see if anything happens. No, 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 no. If you look up these words... It means persistence. It means staying in there and being cheerful while you endure. Did you hear that phrase? Cheerful, endure. Now, the only way you can be cheerful while you're enduring is if you believe I'm coming out on the other side and this is very, very temporary. Elsewise, you ain't going to be cheerful. See, the second type of ground, the stony ground, one of their big things is they quit. I mean, there was pressure and there was time passed and they didn't see and they didn't feel and they quit. And they got no, no results. But one thing the Lord was quickening to me last night that I got to shouting about and had trouble going to sleep. If you read Matthew, I won't take the time because you know why. Uh, Matthew 13, if you'd take the time to read that sometime, that whole chapter, he goes into great detail about this. This this parable of the sower and the whole principle of seed time and harvest and how uh, that he told them, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the other? And he talked about these things are being revealed that have been hid from the foundation of the world. These are divine mysteries 
that most of the world has not understood for most of its existence. But now, since Jesus has come, and those that will respect his word, there's an understanding of how these things work. Does anybody care? Are you, are you interested? Why these things work? There's a lot of folks are just ritual churchgoers. And they want to see how quick they can get in, how quick they can get out. And they like to say they checked the box and I went. And don't realize that's not how this works. And they like to just try to leave everything up to God. And they, they like saying, God is in control. And everything happens for a reason. Well, I don't doubt that. But the reason could be you were dumb. <laughs> and didn't do what he told you to do. <laughs> and you never opened your Bible. Had no time to find out how things work. No, God is not controlling everything that happens in everybody's life. It wasn't his choice whether you ate Raisin Bran or Fruit Loops this morning. He didn't choose that for you. He's not controlling everything for everybody. He has given us a free will. He has left so much up to us. And the enemy is at work. There's an enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he's trying to sow seeds of fear in your life. Seeds of depression. Seeds of heaviness. Seeds of confusion. Seeds of desperation and doubt. And if you listen to them, if you look at them, if you think about them, if you talk about them, they will grow in you. He just mentioned cares will grow until it chokes the Word of God out of your life. Somebody said, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not, I'm not going to let it happen. Now, one of the things that the Lord was quickening to me about this is the character, these two big things that he mentioned that are characteristic of good ground. The other three don't have these characteristics. That's not having these two characteristics is one of the big thing, two of the big things that prevented them from being good ground. If good ground is honest and persistent, what's the other three? Dishonest. And, and not enduring. Giving up. Quitting. And I saw it. I hadn't seen this before. But I saw it. Wayside ground. What's dishonest about that? They knew better than to discount the Word of God like they did. The Bible said they trod upon it. Remember that? They trod upon it. You, you can't ignore and disrespect God and your heart not bother you. Don't care who you are. Now you can sure ignore it. But this is the thing. Dishonesty. It, the world is full of it. I mean this earth is permeated with deception. Because 
The God of this world is the devil himself. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan is the God of this world and he is the father of lies. And so anything he has any influence in is going to be full of deception. And so because it's all around us, it's easy to be participating in more of it than you think you are. But each one of these previous grounds, there were degrees of dishonesty. They might have not revealed it to other people, but the wayside ground, they knew. They should have paid more attention to what God was saying and doing. They acted like they didn't know. They knew. They shouldn't have tried it. They shouldn't have treated it with disrespect. They knew they shouldn't have. But they ignored that. What about uh, Stony Ground? Don't you reckon that ever came to their heart and mind, I I need to water this some more. Right? Right? But then they act like I don't know. And then when they get to the uh, being offended part, they knew better than that. They're getting upset, talking about the Word of God doesn't work, and their heart's yelling at them. No, no, that's not right. That's not right. But they pushed it down. Hmm? God let them down. Their heart's telling them, no, that's not right. Some would say dishonest, dishonest, dishonest. One of the big characteristics that makes good ground good ground and the lack of it makes the other grounds what they are. And see, the thing is, a lot of folks, people around individuals don't see it because it's not, it's something they keep hidden. But God knows what you know. Right? He was there when he showed you what you know. So you can't tell him you don't know what he knows. He calls you to know. <laughs> Let me say it another way. There ain't no fooling God. No way, no how. Now, you may think you fooled a lot of others. Let me let you in a little secret. You haven't fooled them as much as you think you have. A lot of them are just being nice to you. But with God, He knows. He knows. But here they are acting like they're deeper than they are. I don't need to develop more depth and roots in my reception. I don't need to be watered. Nah, let's go shopping. I don't need to go to the meeting. Nah, let's go do this. And inside, something was telling them, you better read your Bible. You better do this. You better go to the service. You, you, better, you better water that seed. You better take care of it. Somebody say dishonesty, dishonesty, dishonesty. Acting like you don't know. And the third one. What was it? Thorny ground. Reckon there's some dishonesty there? Oh, yeah. Dishonest about how much time you're spending on all this other stuff. Right? Dishonest about how much you're worrying. 
A lot of times people will immediately just deny it. If you say, and I'm not telling you to be the Holy Ghost police and go around and tell people this. If you say, no, come on, you need to quit worrying. What a lot of times will people say? Oh, I'm not, I'm not worrying. Dishonest. It was not time to deny. It was time to repent. Time to repent. Repent's not a bad word. It's a good word. It's how you get things fixed. It's how you stop the bad stuff and get into the good stuff. Cares of this life. The thought came up. You need to quit spending so much time. You know, uh, trying to make money and, and thinking about that all night and day. You need, you need, to, you need to focus more. You need to go, go get involved on a team. Actually show up to church on a regular basis. And read your chapter. And folks act like, oh yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, so it's just fine, it's all good. You know, me and God, we got it worked out. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not changing the Bible for your individual case. <laughs> he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? He said, this seed needs to be watered. Can you see what we're talking about? Dishonesty. Dishonesty. And, you know, folks mentioned pleasures. It's all right to have some fun. It's all right to do some things that you enjoy. But if that's all you do night and day, if that's all you think about, and you act like, no, I don't know if I'm spending too much time on that. You do know. You do know. You do no, it's come up to you, and if you've been doing it way too much too long, it's come up to you thousands of times yes. over the years. And the problem is, if you keep ignoring it, it gets where it bothers you less and less and less. But dishonest. Somebody say dishonest. dishonest. Somebody said out loud by faith, says, I, I will. I, will. I, purpose I purpose to be honest, to be honest. about what I see. And what I know. And what I know. Yes. Amen. That honesty will cause you to access help. Honesty and humility are inseparable. A big part of being humble is just being honest. Let me describe it to you. We just got through saying. Somebody says, you know, you've really been worrying a lot. You've be, you really, be, you really been... Upset, you really been this or that? And, and pride will say, no, I'm not. Mind your own business. That's pride. And it's dishonesty. Because your heart's going, you know it's right. What does humility say? Humility will be honest. And humility will say, you're right, you're right. And I'm changing it right now. Because your pride wants to act like, I've got it all together. I'm better than you. I don't need any of this. Quit trying to tell me. Hush. Leave me alone. That's pride. And it's dishonesty. The pride of your heart has deceived you. But humility will say, you're right. You're right. Help me. Right? And the moment you do, God gives grace to the humble. 
Is that right? And with enough grace. I mean, grace is one of the biggest words in, in, in the Bible. With a great, one word that can kind of sum up grace is help. Help from God. Right? Help. Revelation. Direction. Strength. Favor. Healing. Provision. All of that's in grace. With enough grace, you can come out of anything. Do you believe it or not? With enough grace, you can get through anything. Right? With enough grace, you can receive that miracle that just seems so huge and so far away. With enough grace, you can get it. You can get it. You can get it. We're talking about God helping you to get it. Is it too big for him to help you to get? But who gets all this help? Not everybody. Not everybody gets this help. Not because God didn't want to give it. What does he do with the proud? He resists. That's not helping. He resists the proud. Why? Being proud is being dishonest. God's trying to talk to you about something. You won't even listen to it. You won't even acknowledge it. You won't even try to talk. Then that's not good ground. You're not going to get help. You're not going to get results. The word's going to get choked out. Good ground, good heart, in a what? Honest. Say that loud, honest. How many love honesty? Do you love honesty? If you love God, because he, he is the truth. You got to love the truth if you love God. Say that loud, I hate a lie. I hate a lie. And I love the truth. And I love the truth. Do you? Yes. I didn't say you hated liars. Because no. it'd be tough to find anybody in this place and in Sarasota and online that had never told a lie. But you can repent and you can change and you can love the truth. Somebody say, I love the truth. Say it again. I love the truth. Even when it makes me look bad. <laughs> Come on, do you? Do you? Even... When it may, I still I love the truth yes. Yes. more than I love trying to impress anybody. Yes. More than I love trying to hide my mistakes or failures. Come on, I, somebody say, I love the truth. I love, you just, you just got through saying I love the word. Yes. You just got through saying I love Jesus. Because he is the truth. His word is the word of truth. His spirit is the spirit of truth. And tell me what the truth will do for you. What will it do for you? It will set you free. Among other things, it'll set you free from not being productive and not being fruitful and not getting results. It will set you free. It will set you free so that you break through the things that have been hindering you and holding you back, even if it's been for decades. You break through it and in a good and honest Tell your neighbor, look at them and say, say, honest, honest. Make sure they're getting it. Good and honest, honest heart. Bring forth fruit with patience. Cheerful endurance. We'll talk about that maybe next time. Cheerful endurance and bring forth results up to a hundred times. The incorruptible seed that was sown into your life. These are miracles. These are answers to prayer. These are breakthroughs, overflows, 
amazing, outstanding things that God has done and will get the glory for in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody.